Well, good morning again, everyone. We're continuing our series on the, the seven last words of Christ from the cross, and we come now today to the sixth word where Jesus says, it is finished. Now, right from the get-go, I want to clarify that this word is not meant to be read as a, an exclamation of fatigue or defeat, as if Jesus is saying, finally, it is over. Upon first read, that might seem uh, to be what it sounds like, but I submit to you today that this is, in fact, a declaration of victory. As Jesus cries out, it is finished, he is declaring that he has accomplished what he has set out to do. And in fact, this word could probably be better translated, it is completed, it has been brought to completion. And I think this is an important word for us to attend to today, because I, I believe that this, this word that Jesus speaks from the cross speaks into our experiences of incompleteness, the ways in which we look upon a world overcome by violence and injustice and feel as if there is incompleteness. We long for things to be made right. Some of us perhaps experience that, that feeling of incompleteness in our own lives. We are striving to prove that we are enough, that we have done enough. Do you come today feeling incomplete? It is into those spaces that I believe Jesus speaks this word of hope, this word of possibility that th these current experiences of scarcity will not be the end of our story. I think we all have that, that feeling for our world, for ourselves. It's a, an experience of incompleteness that spans the generations. I think of our young ones in those formative years where we sometimes feel this sense of unworthiness or incompleteness. Am I enough? Am I up to the challenges that lie ahead of me? This seems to be compounded in the age of social media where we have this comparison trap always before us. We compare our mediocre lives to the curated lives of others and feel like we are incomplete. For those of us in our, our working years, perhaps you come today feeling as if you are not up to the challenges before you, uh, the challenges of family and work, maybe trying to just barely keep our heads above water and we feel incomplete. I think of those in our, our later years, perhaps you still are wrestling with those feelings as well. Perhaps as we look back over our life and still feel overcome by the regrets we have for some of the things we've done or, or bumping into the limitations uh, that come as we, we get older. I've been walking with a number of you this past couple weeks and facing the frustrations and the limitations of sickness and being hospitalized. And we feel at the, in, in those times that sense of being unfinished, incomplete, maybe not up to the tasks before us. I'll let you in on a little secret pretty open secret, but even those of us who, by worldly standards, appear successful still wrestle with these feelings of insecurity, of incompleteness. It's always interesting to me when I hear p celebrities or people who have accomplished much name that common human struggle. I've shared before a little bit of the story of Andrew Garfield, an actor who has been nominated for Oscar awards, and he had a very powerful conversion experience while he was preparing for a role uh, to play a Jesuit priest in uh, Martin Scorsese's film, Silence. 
But I want to lift up for us a quote from an interview of his that goes in more depth uh, about some of his experience. And he, he said this. He says, I wanted to heal the feeling of not enoughness, this feeling of that forever longing for the perfect expression of this thing that is inside each of us, that wound of not enoughness, that wound of feeling like what I have to offer is never enough. Does that perhaps name something for you today? Do you carry that wound of not enoughness, of this gap between what I long for my life, what I long for this world, and my reality? It's into that space that I want to hear this word from this cross where Jesus says, it is enough. Because of what I have accomplished on the cross, we can be at peace with our life. We can be freed from the wound of not enoughness, from the wound of incompleteness. What I want to discover with you is, is what Jesus means when he says, it is complete, it is finished. I want to trace what he spoke about in the Gospel of John and, and in the broader New Testament to help us clarify what is this declaration of victory and how can that unfold in my life and in our world. So there are a few things I want to organize our thoughts around about what I believe Jesus has completed, brought to completion as he sacrifices himself on the cross. And the first thing that is very clear throughout the Gospel of John and through the New Testament is that Jesus sees this act as facilitating the reconciliation of the world. That through his death and resurrection, he has made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. That, that gap, that breach between us and God is overcome through his sacrificial death. Jesus spoke to this back in John chapter 12 as he was anticipating his death, and he said this, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus understand that this act would draw the world back to him. Paul speaks to this in Colossians, where he says God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This isn't new to us, but I want to reinforce and lift up this good news that through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, there is a remedy for the, the power that sin has had in our lives and the effects that sin has had in our lives and in our world. And Jesus overcomes the power of that sin, thus making peace between us and God. Back at the very beginning of the Gospel of John, John the Baptist said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This image of Jesus as the sacrificial lamb is all through the crucifixion account. Pastor Janet spoke to this in her sermon last week, even as they lift up the hyssop branch to give uh, the wine vinegar to Jesus. This is uh, an allusion back to the Passover lamb as they raise the hyssop branch to place the blood over their doorposts. It's a reminder that Jesus is uh, the means by which we can experience our exodus from sin, this Passover lamb. It can free us from the, the, the weight, the power of sin. And maybe some of us just need to hear this again, 
You've perhaps heard it before, but this good news that we do not have to dig ourselves out of our past mistakes and our regret. We don't have to work at a feverish pace to try and prove our worthiness, but this good news that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God is like this loving Father who is ready to run out and embrace us if we turn back to Him in repentance. Does that perhaps free us from some of the weight we are carrying, that weight of not enoughness, that we don't have to prove our worth, do enough to be received by God's grace today? God has said it is finished. It has completed what we need to be reconciled to God. Now, that's sometimes where we end the gospel presentation, and it's an important part of it, and we speak about how God, through his sacrificial death, offers us forgiveness and grace, a remedy for sin. But there are other layers to this, and and I want to talk about some of the other depths of what Jesus accomplished. And I think one of the things Jesus is communicating to us is that he is also disarming the powers of evil. The forces that we are up against in our ongoing battle with sin. This is not just good news for our past, for the past sins that weigh us down. It is also good news for our present battle. Our present battles with temptation and addiction and and the battles we have with the, the forces that continue to wreak havoc in our world, the injustice that it brings. That Jesus, through his death, is actually disarming the powers of evil in this world. Again, back to John 12, Jesus says this, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Again, this is in the context of speaking about the type of death he would die. He saw this as an antidote to the reign of evil in this world, that through his death and resurrection, these powers would be disarmed would be driven out. Paul, again, in Colossians, speaks to this, saying, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That somehow, on the cross, Christ is victorious over these powers that we are up against that seem overwhelming. This understanding of the atonement uh, of is one of the, the primary ways that the church spoke of it for the first 10 centuries. <laughs> this is the primary understanding of what Jesus speaks about, is, is communicating, is, is accomplishing on the cross, and I want to lift up this dimension for us. Again, this isn't just hope for our past mistakes, but hope for our present battles. Now, it seems contradictory that as Jesus dies, he is actually victorious and disarming these powers. And everyone around Jesus is misunderstanding this. They're wondering why, if he is all-powerful, he would die on the cross. Why he wouldn't just use power and violence to fight back. And I think if we're honest, this is confusing to us as well. We are so immersed in the narrative that we overcome evil through violence. That is the answer. We need to be aggressive And what I want us to discover again is the disarming power today of sacrificial love. Philip Yancey once said that moral power has a disarming effect. Moral power has a disarming effect. 
Now, while there is a place, of course, for, for self-defense and so on, we never win over people's hearts through coercion and strength alone. It is through this radical act of love, of forgiving enemies, that the cycle of retaliation, the cycle of evil, is disarmed. I think we see echoes of this, how this has played out in our world. I think of the example of the nonviolent movement of Martin Luther King Jr., who sought to combat injustice not through violence, but through a, a moral nonviolent strength. This is a well-known quote that many of us heard. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And what I think Jesus is doing on the cross is he is accomplishing this on a cosmic level. (laughs) That he is disarming the powers of violence through sacrificial love. And so I I lift this good news up for us today because I'm wondering what kind of forces you find yourself up against that feel insurmountable, what those powers and authorities are that seem to have a grip on our heart, on our lives. Can we rediscover this hope that God says that those will not have the final say, that we face a a defeated evil one in the company of this conquering Christ disarms the powers of evil on the cross. This third dimension I, I want to explore about what Jesus completes. That I, I believe through this act, he is also bringing to completion his desire to restore creation, to restore life to the way it was meant to be. Now, I've shared this before, and I will share it again, but I want to bring some corrective to our understanding of the gospel because I think we have been nourished for many years. I know I was growing up with a a half story, and the gospel was that I have sinned, and now Jesus has forgiven me, and that is good news, and that is a part of the story, but that is not the whole story. We have fallen short of the glory of God. There is grace for us, but we have not just been saved from our sin. We have been saved to a new reality. That is, God actually desires to now restore true life for us, to restore a new creation, to bring us back to his initial intent for this world that was marred by sin. And through his dealing with sin and dealing with evil, the possibility of restoration now comes into play. Now, there are some echoes in this passage to the creation story. And it's all through the Gospel of John as well. I want to lift up for us um, this passage from Genesis 2, 1 to 2, at the end of the creation account. By the seventh day, God had finished, had completed the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested. There's some allusion here to this God finishing the work, and now he is restoring that work on the cross, restoring now new creation. There's also some grammar here that draws all the way back to John chapter 1 in the prologue. At the very beginning, it said that through Christ, all things were brought into being. And that same grammar is at play in verse 28, where he says, now all things were brought to their completion. 
So this is one writer who says, As all things were called into existence through the Creator Word, now all things, the same Greek word in our text, are brought to their completion by the Son's death on the cross. And as we go on, and I don't have time to go into all of it today, but after Jesus is raised from the dead, there's all these allusions to the creation story. It takes place in the garden. Just as God breathed life into Adam, so Jesus will now breathe upon his disciples new life. It is new creation inaugurated through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what this means, friends, is that the good news is not just hope for our past, for the past sins that we can't seem to get past. It's not just good news for our present battles, it is also good news for our future hope, that God has saved us into the possibility of a restored life, a life that works a life to the full that we read in John 10.10. Can we discover the full goodness of what God has brought to completion We are saved from a past that we cannot change into a future that can be changed because of what Christ has accomplished on this cross. It is finished. It is completed. Now, I want to anticipate a question that I can almost hear as I'm reading your minds here. (laughs) And the question is, but what about the fact that life feels so incomplete still? We hear this good news, we desire this, and yet some of us are still weighed down by regret, and we're still losing our battles to evil, and restoration feels like a distant hope when my life isn't working right now. And perhaps we come because of that with this hesitancy to really hope in this victorious declaration, and this is what I want to say. And this was really clarifying for me from Stanley Howaross, and he says this, it is finished, but it is not over. God remains at work now, making us his creatures divine. (laughs) What is over is our vain attempts to be our own creators. It is finished, but it is not over. What is over is us trying to come to this preferred future by our own strength, our own limited willpower. God has completed all that is needed for this to come to fruition, but it is still unfolding in our world and unfolding in our lives. And God wants to, to meet us in those places of incompleteness and brokenness and bring us on a journey towards restoration. And so, yes, it is completed, but it is not over. God wants to work this out in our lives, in our world. And I want to just end by reflecting on this question. How can we let this allow this work to do its unfolding, its completion in those places of my brokenness. I want to end with a a story uh, about an experience. I had my third year of seminary, and I um, was just finishing up my theological education. I was starting to preach, and I really knew these concepts well. You know, I, I could tell you in Greek all about this stuff. But I was sitting with a a mentor for my supervised ministry, and he noticed in my life that while I was preaching this, this was not uh, working itself out in my lived experience. And he noticed a cycle that I think a lot of us can probably relate to, and it was the cycle of perfectionism and then (laughs) self-abuse, where I had these longings for being something more, and then I was beating myself up when I was not realizing that. Can anyone? You don't have to raise hands, right? (laughs) 
But I hope I'm not alone. In the, I don't think I'm alone in the room, right? Where we feel that incompleteness and then we tend to just be really hard on ourselves. And he said something that set me free. And I come back to this conversation almost monthly. And he says, the only thing that's going to break you out of that cycle, Phil, of perfectionism and then self-condemnation is if you humble yourself enough to receive the grace of God. If you humble yourself enough to say, I need help to receive the grace of God. And I had never realized that that was an expression of humility. And actually that this beating myself up was a subtle form of pride that was saying, I shouldn't need help. Everybody else does. I shouldn't. (laughs) I should be able to do this. That it actually requires humility for us to let this work out and unfold in our lives. To come to a place where we say, I've come to the end of myself, God. I need what you have completed to work itself out in my heart. Perhaps that's the invitation to some of us today. Have you come to the end of yourself? Are you beating yourself up? Are you frustrated with your not-enoughness? Do you carry that wound of incompleteness? Can we come before the cross and receive this declaration of victory that because of what Christ has done, we can be completed and restored? I want to end with this reflection from Timothy Keller. I think really clarifies what this word is all about. Most of us work and work trying to prove ourselves, to convince God and others and ourselves that we're good people. That work is never over unless we rest in the gospel. It's never over unless we rest in the gospel. At the end of his great act of creation, the Lord said it is finished and he could rest. On the cross, at the end of the great act of redemption, Jesus says it is finished and you can rest we can rest. On the cross, Jesus was saying of the work underneath your work, the thing that makes you truly weary, this need to prove yourself because who you are and what you do are never good enough, that is finished. That is finished. Amen? May it be so according to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.